on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. So, have you made any New Year's resolutions? Any goals for this year? Well, let me suggest a goal, a resolution for all of us. It's a goal for myself also. And it's this, to try to forgive people who have hurt us. To try to forgive people who have hurt us. Now, for those of us who are already followers of Jesus, this should be part of our lifestyle already. Because Jesus clearly tells us that we must forgive people who have hurt us in some way. Those who have sinned against us, either by their attitudes or their words or their actions. And we look to Jesus himself. Jesus, of course, practiced forgiveness in his own life. Think of how his enemies had conspired against him. They eventually had him arrested and condemned to death, even though he was completely innocent. More than that, after the verdict, Jesus was beaten by those enemies and mocked. And then he suffered a horrible, vicious death nailed to that wooden cross. Yet while Jesus was on that cross, he prayed to his heavenly Father. And he prayed specifically for those who had wrongly accused him and those who were killing him. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus prayed that his enemies would be forgiven. We can assume that Jesus himself was forgiving them for their cruelty. That's Jesus' example. He was forgiving the people who were hurting him, who had killed him. He was even praying for them. That's his example, but Jesus also gives words. He gives teachings to us about forgiving those who have sinned against us. I'm thinking of that example of prayer that Jesus gave to his original disciples, that Lord's Prayer. And if you know that prayer, you know there's six short prayer requests included in it. And Jesus says that one of our requests should be this, Father, forgive us our trespasses even as we forgive those who trespass against us. A more modern translation would be this. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Our forgiving other people is directly linked to God the Father forgiving us. Or putting it another way, God forgiving us is a model of how we are to forgive other people. Here's one explanation of the meaning of that line in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debts. That means, because of Christ's blood, Heavenly Father, do not hold against us, poor sinners that we are, any of the sins we do. Forgive us, we pray, just as we are fully determined, as evidence of your grace in us, to forgive our neighbors as evidence of your grace in us, that we then forgive our neighbors. You see, Jesus died on that cross shedding his blood to pay for our sins. Jesus died to pay the penalty of our sins. And the Bible says that penalty is death. We are under God's death sentence because of our sins, but Jesus died in our place. He gave his life so we don't have to die. That is, we don't have to die spiritually or eternally, being punished for our sins. As we trust in Jesus, God completely forgives us. 
And let me ask, do we deserve God's forgiveness? No, we don't deserve it. Did we do something to convince God to forgive us our sins? No, we don't bring to him any goodness or any works that would merit his forgiveness. Rather, God forgives our sins simply out of his kindness, out of his grace to us in Jesus. But then, as we trust in Jesus, we become a whole different kind of people. And one important way in which we become different people is that now in Jesus, we can start to practice forgiving others. We can put forgiveness into practice, forgiving those who hurt us, who have wronged us, people who might have said bad things to us or about us or have done bad things to us. How are we able to do that? How are we able to forgive? Well, simply through Jesus. And because of God's powerful grace now operating in us through Jesus and by Jesus' Holy Spirit. You know, that Spirit gives us a whole new ability. The Bible says when we are saved, the Spirit is living inside of us and producing all kinds of new virtues, new evidences of the Spirit at work. We're given a new heart. We're given a new mind. We're given new kinds of attitudes. And one of those new things is that we're able to forgive people who have hurt us. We now have a new power to be able to forgive. In fact, our being able to forgive people is one piece of evidence that we're truly converted, that we've been born again. And the opposite is also true. If we can't forgive those who sin against us, then maybe, just maybe, we're not truly converted. Just as Jesus forgave people who hurt him, we, Jesus' followers, do the same thing. We forgive those who have hurt us. In the Gospels, Jesus tells a parable. And you know that parables aren't true historical stories, but they're for illustration purposes. They're to teach a a certain point that Jesus is trying to make. Jesus told this parable about a man who refused to forgive. Now, it's a very... A fairly long story, but it's very powerful. It's found in Matthew chapter 18. And let me read the words. And even if you already know this parable, listen carefully. Listen to the exact words that are being used. Jesus said, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had that man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, They were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. 
Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you, says Jesus, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow, powerful, isn't it? Again, we see how Jesus turns everything upside down in our thinking, in our speaking, in our living. You see, in our natural condition, we don't want to forgive people. We don't want to forgive people when they hurt us in some way. You see it among very little children. When one little brother gets hit by his older brother, well, then he hits his brother back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Our inborn natural tendency is to want to take revenge, to repay people what they've done to us, pay them back. Now, as we get older and as we're trained by parents and teachers, we probably won't take physical vengeance upon someone who has hurt us but we learn other ways to take some kind of vengeance. By our attitudes or by our words, we might start to gossip about that person who hurt us, or we might slander them. We might give them the cold shoulder or walk out of the room when they enter. It's all revenge. It's all a kind of payback. But Jesus says, no, that's not how you must behave if you're living for me. If you've truly experienced the mercy of God, the undeserved kindness of God, then you must show that same mercy, that same undeserved kindness to other people, even to those who have hurt you, to those who have sinned against you. In that story, that parable Jesus told, he shows how much God has forgiven us. When we trust in Jesus, the Jesus who died for us, God forgives us Everything, every wrong thought, every impure desire, every careless word, every angry word, and each of our wrong behaviors, past, present, and in the future. Everything is forgiven us by God as we trust in Jesus. God's forgiveness covers thousands, even hundreds of thousands of our sins committed during our lifetime. Now say someone sins against you, maybe just once or maybe five times, or ten times. God has forgiven us thousands of times, hundreds of thousands. Can we not forgive people once, or five times, or ten times? The servant in Jesus' parable was forgiven by his master thousands of bags of gold. It was a huge, it was a monstrous debt. But immediately after being forgiven, That same servant meets a man on the street, the man that owes him just a hundred silver coins. Not gold coins, mind you, but silver coins. And not thousands of bags of coins, but just a hundred coins. What does that forgiven servant do? Well, he demands payment in full. Worse than that, he has that man thrown into prison until payment can be made. When the master hears of this, he has that servant arrested. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? 
Jesus is teaching us this. We who have trusted in Jesus have been shown a great mercy by God the Father, a great mercy in canceling all our sins, sins of every wrong thought and word and deed. So then, can't we show a small mercy to those who have hurt us in some way? Just a small mercy to them compared to the huge mercy God has shown to us. Well, I'm planning on continuing this topic over the next two episodes. And among other things, we'll learn that forgiving people doesn't mean that we won't seek justice. Let's be clear on that. Especially when someone commits a crime against us. Those who commit crimes must be held accountable by the government and even punished. And and the Bible supports that idea. But here we're talking about something different. Here we're talking not about justice in courts or justice before the governing authorities. Here we're talking about ourselves. We, the ones who've been hurt in some way. God says in the Bible, and Jesus repeatedly teaches, that we must get to the point where we can honestly forgive those who have hurt us. Now, if you or a loved one has been a victim of a serious crime, this might take many months or even years to be able to forgive the criminal or the wrongdoer. We'll say more about that in a later episode. But for now, the main point is just this. If we're serious about following Jesus, then we have to be serious about forgiving people about forgiving people who have hurt us or sinned against us in some way. We have to be able to forgive. You know, the meaning of Jesus' words about forgiving people are very clear. The Bible's teaching is very clear on this point. (laughs) The, The American humorist Mark Twain once said this, It ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand that bother me. (laughs) We have trouble with these clear teachings. They're seemingly so difficult, almost impossible to put into action. But we must. But we must. As God's grace works in us, as we're following after Jesus, as the Holy Spirit empowers us, we must forgive those who have sinned against us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians. These words apply particularly within the church to our brothers and sisters in Jesus, but the the teaching extends beyond that to everyone we meet. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Paul says something similar in Colossians chapter 3. Quote, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, that's God's clear command to us, to us who are serious about living for Jesus, to us who've been converted, who've been changed, who have the Spirit living within us. We must, we must forgive. But let's be honest. It's probably one of the hardest things to put into practice. I mean, theoretically, the words just roll off the tongue, forgive others as the Lord has forgiven you. But to actually forgive that person who has 
taken your job or who has gossiped about you or has lied to your face or has hurt you in some way, making you look like a fool or to be able to forgive that drunk driver who crashed his car into your 17-year-old daughter's car, killing her instantly. How can you forgive that? Now again, as I said before, we're not talking here about legal penalties. The government must punish certain crimes, even severely. We're talking about here is what goes on inside of us, deep in our hearts. When we start to think of that person who has hurt us, to that person who has injured or even killed someone we love, even that criminal, it's our natural inclination to want to hate that person. It's our natural inclination to want to take revenge, to do payback. But God says, Jesus says, we have to get to the point where we forgive them. Let me get kind of personal here for a moment. You know, we who've been pastors often become targets of some very vicious words. I think whenever you're in public, and increasingly in these days of, of COVID, it's getting even worse. People sometimes say some very vicious things, or they act in very hurtful ways. I think any public leader, any public figure is, is going to be the target of some people's hatred, some people's abuse. As I think back over the 31 years that I was actively a pastor, there were probably thousands of hurtful words or hurtful actions directed against me. I talk with other pastors, many of my friends, and they say they've experienced the very same thing in the churches they have served. Let me just give one very small example. In one of the churches I served, we were taking prayer requests from church members as part of our worship service. And we were encouraging people to actually speak their requests into a microphone that would be passed around so that everyone could hear and everyone could be praying, uh, not only then, but, but through the week for this church member. Well, one older lady in the congregation took the microphone and then she said something like this. I want us all to pray that our pastor would become a better pastor. <laughs> I want us to pray that our pastor would become a better pastor. Now, she had been upset at me, evidently. Her husband had been seriously ill, and in her opinion, I hadn't been visiting him enough times. And look, maybe I should have visited him more often. Maybe I should have. But for her to say that in the microphone, in the middle of the worship service, that we should pray that the pastor would become a better pastor? Whoa, I think that was really over the top. Now, I can chuckle a bit now. But at the time, it was very, very hurtful. And that was repeated by several of the members over the years, and not only in that church, but in every church I've pastored. And may I say honestly, after so many years, those hurts, those criticisms, well, they ended up just wearing me down. Sometimes these words, hurtful words, came from leaders in the church. Oh yes, there's constructive criticism, and we have to learn how to take that. But what about those abusive words, those angry words, those gossiping things and slanderous things. Sometimes even a few leaders in the church got that way. Maybe 80% of the people were supportive, but wow, that other 10 or 20%, at times they could be so vicious, so cruel. I'm sharing this because I know from first-hand experience 
how difficult it is to forgive. And I think I'm still working on that, to actually forgive people who have hurt me, who have been unfair and cruel and and vicious in either their words or their actions. And look, I think it's probably 10 times more difficult to forgive, say, a, a drunken driver who killed a loved one in a car crash. Maybe a hundred times more difficult in those situations. How do you forgive that kind of person? How do you forgive them killing a loved one? Or how can you forgive someone who has abused you, either physically or sexually? It's extremely difficult. But I have to say it to myself again and again and again. God tells me I must forgive. God tells me I must forgive those people. Why? (laughs) Simply because he says so. Simply because he's put those commandments in the Bible and he tells me that I've been forgiven by him all my sins, so I must in turn forgive those who have sinned against me. We all must forgive those who have sinned against us. One reason we must forgive is because God says we must forgive. Now, of course, there are other reasons, and in the next episode, I, I want us to look at some of the alternatives, that what happens in us if we don't forgive, especially as believers, as followers of Jesus. What will be the results of carrying an unforgiving spirit to become bitter in our hearts? We'll continue that discussion the next time. But for now, let me just leave you with these words, and I have to keep repeating these words to myself and probably you will have to also. The words from Colossians 3, verse 13, quote, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down.